everyone, and welcome to the Envision Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Hanquist, and I'm the CEO of Envision Nutrition. I'm here to take you from imagining your future possibilities to turning them into actual realities. I've taken everything I've learned over the course of five years of bodybuilding and have combined it with my 15 years of experience at being a busy working mom to create the best nutrition and fitness strategies. Now I'm bringing all that I've learned over to you through Envision Nutrition and giving you pieces of it through this very podcast. We'll be releasing a new episode every single Tuesday morning, so be sure to subscribe and turn on your notifications because you don't want to miss a thing. working mama. She's been a registered nurse since 2005, currently working as a school nurse. She's also a fellow bodybuilding competitor. We actually did our very first competition together. She has three kiddos and I am so excited to welcome her to the show. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on today. Have you listened to any of our previous podcasts? Yeah, they're fun. It's interesting just to hear how everyone kind of lives a little bit I know it is right. It's, I mean, it's crazy. I know like for me, when I first started out on, um, my health and fitness journey, like that was the biggest thing is I wanted to know, you know, what are other people doing that are like me that aren't 22 year old, just graduated single college students, you know, like it's just hard. It's a lot different when you're a parent, you have a job, you have all these things going on. It's not just your life. You have to share it with all these other little beings. Exactly. So, you know, that's the biggest thing is I remember, um, you and I competed like our very first shows together in 2017. Yeah. That was a long time ago. My bucket list show. (laughs) Is that your bucket list show? That was my bucket list show. So that one doesn't even technically count. (laughs) It doesn't count. But don't you think, I thought that was so much fun though. I feel like we were just all scared shitless and didn't know what we were doing and just, just did it anyway. And it was so much fun. And I, we met so many amazing people. I just felt like we were all kind of in the same boat. We did. Yeah. It was a good time. You all were just so great to me because I was clueless, completely. We we all were though. I think we all were. I don't think it was. Yeah. But I, um, I was really impressed to find out though, that you did your workouts at home at that time. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why I did that show. Cause I was just like, I'm just going to see how I do Yeah. Up against people who like have coaches and trainers. So yeah, all of my results from that show were just home-based that I did myself. Phenomenal, you know, thank you. I think it was one of those things though, where you maybe felt a little, um, like me, for example, Casey Samsel, who's an absolutely amazing pro competitor was my coach at the time. And I think she was really great for, me being a first time competitor because she knew like all the ins and outs of the suit, the tan, the posing, the stage presence, the behind the stage stuff, um, you know, all of that. So like, that was such a great, I guess, opener because she was able to kind of give me the insights of that stuff. So I think that's where, um, 
for me, that was really great. But at the same point, it was hard because competition prep is a lot different than lifestyle prep, right? Uh, yeah, completely <laughs> different ends of the spectrum. And that's when, when I did that show, I was like, wow, there is way more that goes into this than what I thought. Yeah. Well, and two, I don't know, you know, I've never been to one of the, um, I don't know what the other federations are. I actually don't even know what they are, but they're like the more local shows. I've yeah. never been to one of those. So I don't know if they are similar or different. I had just known people that had competed at those shows before. And so that's all I had to really compare it to. And then obviously what you see on Instagram, which is completely different than actually the real life thing. So exactly. Yeah. I had a couple friends who kind of helped me get there. Yeah. You know, they had competed before, but you know, like they're just there to be your friends to help you. I mean, they're not going to tell me think, every single in and out of what's going so on. Do you think that that's almost a detriment to your success though? Because you have so many like, oh, you can't, you shouldn't be doing that. Or, oh yeah, you totally should do this. So no, no, don't do that. And then you're like, oh my God, what do I do? <laughs> yeah. Cause from what I was doing there to even like my last show to what I'm doing now, yeah, they're all completely different. So, and I think the times change too, you know, like I think when you and I kind of got started, it was just the breaking of more science-based versus the bro science kind of techniques mm-hmm. <laughs> of eating the same crap every single day over and over. Like I still cannot eat tilapia and asparagus. I swear to God, I still cannot <laughs> eat those two things. <laughs> you have PTSD. I do from competition prep, but it doesn't have to be that way. No, but, it doesn't. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I really wanted to have you on because I feel like we kind of hit it off at that first show. It was just so much fun. I really enjoyed your personality. We kind of clicked. For I feel sure. like, um, yeah. You know, not to mention, not, not only that, but the fact that we have three kids and competing and work. And I mean, it's just a different ball game. You know, um, there's a lot of competitors out there that, that have kids. I will give that to them or that, you know, that's their full-time career, but it is different. So mom to mom with three kids, I just kind of wanted to chat with you because it is totally different when you have audacious goals like that and you don't live just for yourself. So let's like, let's talk about that. Like, first of all, what made you want to get into competing in the first place? Like, what was that aha moment? Like I'm going to step on stage. You know, I did that bucket list show and it was just, like I said, just a way for me to just compare like what I had had done personally myself compared to other people who have coaches. And after that, you know, I didn't do well. I mean, obviously anyone who competes and gets on stage, that should be an award in itself, but I didn't do as well as I wanted to. And I was just like, Oh yeah. Bucket list thing. You know, I did it. Yay. But then I just kept going back to it. Like what could I achieve if I did this or what could I do if I had a coach for this? And so I don't know. I just kept thinking about it all the time. And it's one of those things like, hello, if you're thinking about it all the time, you, yeah, you need to put your toes back in it, you know? So that was kind of the thing is just that repetitious thinking of like, oh my gosh, what if I do this again? So I mean, I think that's what kind of just got me into trying it again was just always going back to what else I could do with competing. Yeah. And so what, um, cause so how long was it? Obviously it hasn't been 
too, too long because 2017 to 19, I mean, that was only two years. So what was that, that final point when you were like, I'm going to get, you know, an expert in my corner, I'm going to give this another go. And another question too, was that next time that you competed the next time for you also? Cause that was my, I guess, next, well, I competed one more time that same year, but then I took that whole two years off before stepping on stage again. Were you the same or had you competed again since? No, I just, like I said, went in as a bucket list thing, wasn't ever intending on competing again. And then I didn't hit the stage again until October, 2019. October. Okay. Yep. Oh yeah. October. I don't know why I keep saying June, probably because that was that first show that we did. Yeah. That first show was a summer show. And then, yeah, I competed in the fall these last two times. So yeah, I have always been home-based work doing workouts up until the last 16 months. So what got me into MPC again was, um, I was doing home workouts with Beachbody and they have an annual summit every summer. And one of the things that they have there is like a fitness competition, but is just for home-based people. So I thought this is what I need to do because I am working on home-based programs and stuff like that. So a friend and I had this trip all planned out for us to go and we had travel nightmare. Oh, it no. was the worst. <laughs> we never, we never made it there. So here oh, I am God. prepping for this show. You know, I had prepped for the show. I've done all these things, had my suit rented, never got to Indianapolis. So was it like similar to like a bodybuilding competition or like a bikini competition or was? Yeah, it's like a bikini competition, but it's not as strict of rules. Gotcha. You know, like you can kind of do your own thing. Um, and yeah, it's just the home-based workouts and the meal plans that Beachbody has and just everyone you know, goes there to show off their, their work that they've done themselves at home. So I was just like, this is great. This is what I need to do. So never made it there prepped for that. I felt really confident. (laughs) (laughs) It was awful. It was complete hell. It was the, the worst travel experience I've ever had. So after that, I don't know how this story of me not getting there got to one of the master trainers at Beachbody. And he actually um, sent a message to my upline and he must've looked at my pictures or whatnot. And he said, you know, I really think that you need to cross the bridge into the MPC. I think that you have a lot of talent there. And I think that was that moment that I was like, okay, maybe I can do more than just this Yeah, lifestyle stuff. So that's when I decided to um, reach out to my current coach and really be super serious about competing. And I think maybe that's just what I need was validation from someone else that, you know, you can do this and you can do it at a higher level. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes when we get little nudges. It's, you know, and not all, not always, but the fact that you just continually had it playing in the back of your head, like maybe, maybe, maybe. And then you just kind of got that extra little nudge that you needed. Yeah. I just needed that. I love the fact that, um, you know, cause with envision, we have a ton of lifestyle clients and I love the fact that, you know, people can look the exact way that they want to and not have it be like this complete all or nothing lifestyle. 
You know, um, I think bodybuilding gets this all or nothing rap because to be really successful on a bodybuilding stage, yeah, you have to be pretty darn serious about it. But I think people in the lifestyle space can get pretty close, but still kind of, I guess, quote unquote, have their cake and eat it too, in my opinion. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. But that to me, like goes to, you know, obviously it's new year's resolutions time. And I kind of have a love hate relationship with this new year's resolution thing, because I feel like it gives people such a great burst of motivation, which is fantastic. But along with that comes like all the bad rules, <laughs> you know, all of the, like the ways to not do things like lose a ton of weight in a short period of time and just doing all these things in a totally unhealthy manner. And then six, eight weeks later, they find themselves on their kitchen floor with a box of donuts, wondering what in the hell. And so I guess I want to talk to you about your thoughts on setting goals and new year's resolutions and what you think of them. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a huge new year's resolution person and maybe that's just because personally myself, I'm doing the same exact things that I did last year. And yeah, it's hard for me to, I mean, it's hard for someone else who doesn't have those goals to think, Oh, well that, that, that's not going to work. But honestly, 2021 isn't going to change my routine as 2020. I'm going to continue to do the same things. And I think that's why it's just easier to, to have that mindset because then you don't have those expectations and that pressure that, especially if you put like a number on a goal, like weight wise, that's just a lot of pressure and you get overwhelmed and exhausted because we're just in the day and age where we want instant gratification. I mean, I feel like just starting out saying I want to live a healthier lifestyle is enough of a goal and then make changes daily or weekly until it is a habit. And then you're sitting where I'm at, where it's just going to be the same. Yeah. Because that's just, that's how your life is. And you said a lot of keywords in my opinion that that I think people need to focus on learning before they focus on the big audacious goal. Um, I think it's, you know, and at the end of every podcast, I say, make your goals big, but make each step attainable. And, you know, really to break down what I mean by that is literally what you just said. It's like, you have this big audacious goal, but you know, it's not going to happen in 12 weeks. Right. And you've had years of implementing these small daily healthy habits. It wasn't like you woke up on January 31st or excuse me, December 31st and said, tomorrow is day one. First of all, most people are hung over on new year's day. (laughs) (laughs) They need the clarity for day one. (laughs) But, but secondly, this is years of you building, you know, the sustainable habits for you to be able to, especially 2020. I mean, if I'm not correct, it was kind of a crappy year for everybody in a sense of just not having um, any control over situations. I mean, it's, it was just kind of a, a unknown year and 
a lot of people struggle with that. But, you know, I think I definitely agree with you that just because 2020 happened, it was a crazy year. That doesn't mean you're going to, you know, start letting your entire lifestyle of habits that you've built over the last several years completely shift. And I think the difference between people that um, are quote unquote successful and unsuccessful is just that, that firm foundation, those simple habits that have been built over time. It's nothing, it's not an overnight success. It never is. Um, And I think you can agree with me when I say there is no weight loss pill, supplementation, powder, cream, food that you can fit in a box that is going to do the work for you. Yeah. I mean, I'm on, what is this year six of being on a health and fitness journey. So it's taken me literally, I feel really solid now, but it's taken me five and a half years to unlearn all of my bad habits Mm. and I'm not perfect. I still have vices. I mean, I'm, I still live my life. I'm still a normal person, but yeah, it's taken me six entire years to figure out what health is to me and what works for me. But I think you too also brought up a good point that you still have these vices. You still have these bad days, but I think the difference is you've learned what to do with those instead of just allowing it to, you know, it's like, if you get one flat tire, you're not going to slash the other three, you're going to fix it and you're going to get back on the road. And I think a lot of people have that like all or nothing mentality that, Oh my gosh, I've had a week of screw ups. I'm doomed. I'm just going to let this year check off the list when instead you have a bad day or two, maybe you haven't worked out for a few days. Maybe, um, you know, your kids are struggling with this or that, and you have to put more time into them for a little bit. That doesn't mean you're doomed or you're done. It just means you have to redirect and, and continue. Yeah. And I think some people just fail to really understand that they truly are in control of all those things. I mean, I hear excuses all the time, you know, this or that happened, or I'm busy here and there. But honestly, at the end of the day, the only person that controls how you train and what you eat is you. How powerful is that? Mm -hmm. I mean, and I guess I think about that often. It's like we are, that's the one thing that we're in control of in this crazy world we live in is how we treat our bodies and how we speak to ourselves, which I'm not always the kindest to myself, but Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, that's super powerful. You can control all that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I never thought of it in that perspective, but there is a lot of power in that statement that you are in control of how you fuel your body, your mindset, your attitude, Um, we all have bad days. I mean, I would honestly like to meet somebody that doesn't have a bad day and let them explain to me all the wonders of the world. But I think every single person on earth has a bad day. It's just what we choose to do with it going forward. Right. Absolutely. Reactions are everything. (laughs) What is the biggest, most broadly used excuse that you hear? Gosh, where do I start with excuses? I've heard them all. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I, it's probably the whole busyness thing, you know, just, just life in general. You know, I hear that a lot 
And I just think, well, I mean, I'm no more special than anyone else. I mean, I'm busy. I don't like to glorify my busyness. I just, I mean, we're doing what we have to do. We have three kids, we have jobs. It's just what you have to do. And you just, I just happen to be really into health and fitness. So, so somebody I mean, that, that struggles with being able to find time to do it all, what is your advice or I guess go-to statement that you would say to them? I mean, it's cliche. We've all heard it, but if it's important to you, you make time for it. Yeah. I mean, if your health is truly important to you and how you feel is truly important to you and your results are truly important to you, you find a way. I think about it like, and this is kind of silly, but like, let's just say there's like a, I don't know, a pair of shoes you want or a bag or a coat, you find a way to buy it. Right. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I mean, it's kind of, I mean, I know your health is at a higher, higher scale, but it's just, it's, if, if you want something, you figure out a way to get it. I mean, it's just, if you have a certain quota or whatever that your boss has made for you at work, you're going to get it right. You're going to, yeah, you, yeah, you figure it out. Like you're going to figure it out. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I, um, I totally agree. So I would say, you know, find what works for you. I think a lot of times people see what's working for other people or what other people are doing. And they think that if they just mirrored that, then it would work for them. But, you know, the reality is it, it may not, you know, some people enjoy completely different styles of training. Some people enjoy completely different styles of food. And so I think, you know, I agree with what you said, your why has to be big enough. And so if it's important to you, you'll figure it out. But two, in order to help with that, like what works best for you may not work best for the other individual, you know? So I, you know, the other day I made a post about excuses about how, oh, I don't like anything healthy. So how am I ever supposed to be on track? And it's like, well, there really is a way for that, you know? And, um, and I think it just comes down to, again, building those simple habits where it, it merely becomes almost impossible for it to not work out. Yeah. Where you're to the point where you leading a healthy lifestyle is easier to do than not. Yep. Where, yeah. Where it's just like, no training is just, that's it's in my day. Hitting my macros is just in my day. There's no other side of it. Yeah, absolutely. What is, um, what is like one thing, like if you could go back to, you said it's been about six years now, I would have to say, I don't know you well enough, but maybe you could agree that you've probably had health and fitness in your lifestyle, the majority of your life, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I mean, I've, I've always, yeah, I mean, I've always been an athlete. I mean, I grew up playing all three sports and sports were big in, in our household and growing up, but, um, I never really took care of myself. Sure. And prior to the last six years. Yeah. I mean, I lived off pop fast food. I was active, but I didn't have you know, that set time where I would do exercise. 
So I know how it is to lead an unhealthy lifestyle because literally I was like, I had high cholesterol at 31 and that's when I decided, whoa, like I've done some damage. But I think that also makes you relatable too. You know, you're able to share that. And then what was that? What was that click for you? What made you change? I would say probably seeing that lab result of that high cholesterol. Mm-hmm. I'm not even kidding you. Like seeing you that on pic- family. No. Oh, no. Yeah, so it was kind of a wake up call then. Yeah. So I just had started kind of getting into, you know, building a routine, but I wasn't consistent. You know, I like, I had those monthly accountability groups and I failed miserably. on like three of them, you know, consecutively, like I gave up within two weeks and, um, I, I had, I want to press the pause button on that because I think people look at you now and they would never guess that about you never. And I think that makes you vulnerable. Yes. But so relatable because they're that's, that's exactly who we're talking to right now. Like people that are there, how on earth did you pull yourself out of that? Like people are desperately seeking some way out of the position they've gotten themselves into right now. Yeah, I totally get that. I mean, I never felt good ever. I was always tired and headaches and always in a bad mood. And it was just one of those low, low times where you know that you're just unhealthy and you just, you don't feel good. And then having that lab draw and seeing that I had high cholesterol at 31 and being a nurse, like I'm supposed to be taking care of people and speaking health and fitness and interventions to take care of yourself. And here I am sucking down diet Coke all day, eating fast food, finishing off pans of brownies and wondering why I feel awful. So yeah, seeing that number was just like, holy crap. Like I'm setting myself up for the highest risk factors for women. Like, hello, heart disease. I'm coming for you. Right. Wow. At such a young age too. That's what I think was disgusting. I was disgusted with myself. Yeah. And so you decided to make a change. So what did that look like for you? Was it overnight? Did it take some stumbles? Like what, what was that like? Oh my gosh. I had a lot of work to do. Like I said, I failed three consecutive months at these accountability groups doing these home workouts Yeah. It was so hard. I feel like that was so, so long ago though. Yeah. But I think you get to that point where you're just so sick and tired of starting and stopping that you're just like, I'm done. Like I have to figure out what works for me and how I can get to a point where I feel comfortable with myself and it's working for me. The diet and the pan of brownies became so much less important than your why. Yeah. I, I think I was just so disappointed with all the things that I used to do that were so unhealthy when I started educating myself on what health really looks like, you know, and I would always make a joke about it. Like, Oh, I would never run or, you know, just those little things that you say to try to make yourself feel better for how awful you're treating yourself. Yeah. I mean, it was just, like I said, that seems like so long ago because it's not how I am today at all whatsoever. 
You know, it's funny. I saw a meme on, I don't know what it was, but it was about the the girl in Panera that ordered the apple instead of the baguette and how I would never be the girl that orders the apple. So I'm never going to be skinny or, you know, something like that. <laughs> and it cracked me up because I'm like, well, first of all, I would order the baguette. <laughs> Those are good. Those Those are good. Are, dip them in your soup. I'm sorry. The there apple and the baguette probably have the same amount of sugar and carbs, but anyway, <laughs> but it's like, you know, I used to think those things all the time too, because I'm like you, I mean, I didn't necessarily have a lot of fast food, but I definitely had a, what I would call a bad relationship with food. I remember one Halloween, cause I, I had a, my middle son was born on October 30th. So Halloween candy was everywhere. And I remember, you know, super duper pregnant sitting there with a pile of empty wrappers in front of me. Like, what have I just done? Oh my gosh. (laughs) You know, but I think that came because of, first of all, cravings. Second of all, not understanding food and how we can give ourselves little treats without overdoing it. And when you put a big no stamp on something, you're setting yourself up for failure, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. That's a lot of pressure too. Yeah. Yeah. And I hear you saying the word pressure. So do you feel like at some point you took like the pressure off of yourself and that made things easier? I've always been hard on myself. I still am. Um, I've learned a lot in the last two years about food the most in the last two years. And yeah, I used to be that person who would label food good and bad. Yes. And then as soon as you, you know, have some intake of that bad food, you have that guilt. And then it's just like a vicious cycle. But Mm -hmm. in the last two years, I've learned, you know, there is no good or bad food. Life literally is moderation. Yeah. And you just get to that point where you know what fuels you best. Yeah. For you as an athlete and how you perform, what's going to make you feel better. And then those things that you can just enjoy just because, Hey, you're a human and you can enjoy it and not have that guilt. And I think I've come a long ways with that because I, when I was unhealthy, I had zero guilt about finishing off the whole pan of brownies. But as I progressed, yeah, I've, I started to get a little bit of eater's guilt and that has been not so great for my mindset, but yeah, now I feel like I'm solid in knowing just what in general fuels me better and that I can still enjoy some of those quote unquote bad foods and be fine with it because that's just, that's life. And, you know, I do think there, there too is something to be said about, you don't know how bad you feel until you finally feel really good. And I know for me, that was a huge awakening and, and I can nail down and dial into how, if I eat this, how I'm going to feel in a few hours or tomorrow, are you the same way? Absolutely. Yeah. And that was the thing that I think was a huge driving force is when I started to kind of taper away from drinking only pop during the day and literally eating basically sugar all day. I was just like, oh my gosh, I feel so good. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I'm to the point now where I know 
what I'm going to feel like if I don't hit my gallon of water. And I know how I'm going to feel if I do eat fast food or a higher fat meal mm-hmm. or yeah, drink a pop. Like I know that I'm not going to feel my best mm-hmm. and it's driven by nutrition choices for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. I mean, I had a diet Coke last night and I knew it was going to make me feel like crap and it did. I literally felt like crap before I was even done drinking it. And that in itself is motivation for me to not have a diet pop every single day. You know, I'm going to have one every once in a while, but I know how that's going to make me feel. So that's, that motivates me to not do it all the time. Exactly. I mean, diet Dr. Pepper is my friend. (laughs) Tastes so good, but I'm only going to have a can and I'm not going to have one every day. (laughs) Right. No. And, and that's, that's crazy. And I, and I've talked to so many people who, yeah, they've just had this new awakening. Like I didn't realize how terrible I felt until I started actually taking care of my body because at the end of the day, our bodies want to work for us, not against us. Like we were meant to feel good most days, unless you're sick or something, you know? Exactly. Yeah. I feel better now at 36 than I did in my whole twenties, hands down. Totally agree. Yep. Totally agree. Yeah. Um, okay. So what are the biggest resources, I guess, that you've taken over this last six years to really help you? (sighs) I feel like I'm my biggest resource. Honestly, if you're not reading things and educating yourself on like why you're doing things, I feel like you're just, it's like mundane and you're on autopilot. You're just doing what you're told. Like a robot. Like I've, yeah. Like I've feel like I'm thriving more now just because I'm always reading stuff and researching and trying to educate and following solid people on social who are super wise and have been in the industry forever and just learning as much as you can. And then obviously your friends too, that you met, I mean, social, my friends on social are amazing Mm -hmm. and you learn a lot from those people too. And I feel like every person you meet is some sort of resource, but at the end of the day, I feel like I'm my biggest resource. Like, what am I going to learn today? How am I going to educate myself? Am I, I going to fill that's... my brain with muck or am I going to fill it with something useful today? Cause that decision it, is up to you. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I feel like just learning as much as you can about the whys and the what's behind your routine or your training or your protocols is, yeah. I mean, I literally didn't even know what basic lifting was. 16 months ago. I had no idea. I had to Google at the beginning of my journey. I had to Google. What is a macro? I had to Google. How much does a bar weigh? (laughs) 45 pounds. If you're wondering. (laughs) Yes. I mean, if that tells you anything that even the individuals, because I consider both of us pretty savvy when it comes to nutrition we had to start somewhere. We don't have it all together. We don't know what we're doing. I didn't know how to start a podcast. I just did it one day, you know? And, and I think that's the biggest thing is you just have to do it. You just have to start. You have to dive in. You don't know what you don't know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I remember that I used to think if I ate like the lean cuisine and a hundred calorie snack pack, I was owning my freaking day. I think, um, one time I, Cause I used to be a cardio queen. Like I just did cardio and basically didn't eat anything all day and, and then would have four helpings of hamburger helper at night. 
but I remember one day for lunch, I had like one of those sugar-free jellos, uh, like a little, like, I don't know, yogurt drink thing. And then I don't know, one other little thing, maybe like some green beans from a can. And that was my lunch one day. It was maybe 180 calories. And I'm thinking that was healthy for me, you know, thinking that I'm getting protein from my whatever yogurt skinny zero drink that was. And then a filler. I mean, it's just so oblivious, but I didn't just suddenly read a magazine one day and know it all. You know, it took years of learning and educating myself that, you know, you can have all these amazing foods and learning to cook them and learning how to fuel your body for what you're putting it through. Cause I think that's the second biggest misconception is you have to eat very little to, to achieve your fitness goals. Yeah. That has been a huge eye opener just with my teammates. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody's macros are different and you know, I'm older. I have three kids. Mine, mine are lower than most of my teammates. And that's just because I'm trying to recover my metabolism and my hormones from the years that I did under eat. But gosh, I see some of these girls, you know, their macros are so high and they're just, they're thriving. And it's just like, that is a huge light bulb to how amazing food is for our bodies. Yeah, I know. I I mean, I was eating 2,500 calories not very long ago and I was not gaining weight off of it. And it's unreal to me to think that somebody who is living off of 1,000, 1,200 calories a day then can maintain at 2,500 calories. Mm -hmm. That was definitely me Mm -hmm. three years ago. Yep. Yep. And it takes a long time to recover from that. But that, I mean, that just pulls off of what you said, like you have to start somewhere and you learn along the way. So I think the most frustrating thing to me is, and, and if I could like somehow fix this, but it's the, the dieting, the lose 30 pounds in six weeks, the, those kinds of weight loss protocols, they, they frustrate me because they're continuing to deepen the, the curve of where somebody's going to be able to fix their metabolism again. Exactly. And I think I make a point on my Instagram stories to always mention that in the last four months, I've gained 15 pounds. And I'm intentional when I do this, Mm -hmm. because I want people to understand that you can still look healthy Mm -hmm. and gain weight and be strong and feel great. Because yeah, I think when you see those things, you know, those quick fixes or whatnot, I mean, I mean, we're all going to kind of lead towards that because it's just easier. But it's not sustainable. It's not healthy. And it's just a vicious wheel that you're going to be on for months and months and years if you don't figure it out. All right, Ashley, I appreciate you being on. Tell us what your um, Instagram handle is so that our listeners can follow you on social media. It's Ashley at Ashley K Billiter. And that's on Instagram. I don't have anything on Facebook other than my personal page. So, well, I will put it in the show notes so that our listeners can follow you. And I appreciate you being on today. Thank you. I appreciate it so much. I had a good time. You too.
you. If you like this episode, please be sure to turn in every single Tuesday morning. Don't forget to subscribe and turn on notifications because you don't want to miss a beat. We'd love it if you'd share this podcast to your Instagram story, Facebook page, or any of your other social media platforms so that we can help others out there become the best versions of themselves. I so appreciate you listening in and until next time, keep your goals high, but keep each step attainable.